champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RAPINORDER20 at manscaped.com. Check it out. And welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Tori MV. And today... We're going to get into Indicut. Indicut is the third studio album from Kit Cudi. It was released April 12, 2013 through Good Music, Wicked Awesome Records, and Republic. It's the first album from Cudi's solo career to not be an installment of the Man on the Moon series. And I believe Cudi's goal behind this album was to uh, make something more lighthearted than we, than we were used to from him by that time. Uh, the album cover was designed by Cudi himself, which I really love. And uh, this album, were there any standout singles from this album? Um, like you mean like pop, like uh, yeah, like singles that he released before ahead of the album. You want to know what's crazy? I don't, I don't, I didn't hear any. He didn't. I, I didn't hear any singles before the album. I heard the album in its entirety. Right. But I know that him having Kendrick feature on the album was a big deal. Oh yeah, I know Immortal did play before the album came out. Immortal. There was a Just What I Am came out maybe like a year before, excuse me, before the album came out. So he had he had some songs bubbling around this album. I just remember when it came out, um, I was kind of excited that it was kind of a detour from the sound of Man on the Moon. Even though I liked the first two, um, I felt like I needed something else from Cuddy. Like he he's already established in that moody music type vibe. Um, and I wanted something more upbeat, like a little more upbeat. So this album gave us that and uh, mixed with everything that you liked from Cuddy before, I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, so revisiting this album, because I didn't listen to this album a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, revisiting this album, I realized that like Cuddy is kind of like ingenious in what he's doing mm-hmm. because like this album can... Soon, sooner or later, there's going to be some kid that grew up a huge Kid Cudi fan that's going to make a Broadway play, and this album is going to be like the. <sighs> you can't just like pick it up. Yeah. So this this album is going to be like the the score for the play, and somehow, some way. Um. So I just felt like listening to it. I'm like, wow, this is like kind of like beautiful. Like even like the production is very like. Dramatic. It's very mm-hmm. cinematic in the way how everything's opening. Like actually, you could probably score this with an entire movie, and actually, like from beginning to end, it actually probably would work. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Especially if it's like a big, like, like, like one of those Michael big, Bay, yeah, some Michael Bay type film, right? Yeah, I was trying so, to, I was trying to not say explosive, so Michael mm-hmm. Bay works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this album kind of clocks in at over. It's over an hour long. It's eighteen tracks. Out of the 18 tracks, I would say I really like at least 15 of them, um, which is like a high average for me for a Cuddy album. I, like, even going to the kind of artist that Cuddy is, like, I just never, 
I've never been that big of a Cuddy fan. I've always appreciated like what he brought to the culture, like from being introduced to him on 808s, um, seeing even his documentary. I feel like documentaries nowadays, not to go on a tangent, but like it kind of gives a reset to the artist's um, catalog because it, it gives you, it invites you to see like, it reminds you why you like that person so mm-hmm. much or why that person is where they are. Um, so his documentary, you watched the documentary, mm-hmm. right? What you take away from it? Um, it was very, it, it was, it's, it took me back. It was like a time capsule actually because mm-hmm. it takes you back to a certain time like when we were all like working in Soho and like when all of his music was coming out, it kind of like, like took me back to that time frame. So when I saw it, I was just like, wow, like this, this guy, like, he, I used to always have like this thing where I thought Cuddy was just like playing off of people being like sad and going through shit, mm-hmm. and not realizing like what his life was really like. So when I saw the documentary, it actually kind of like made me like um, respect him more. Yeah. And like, no, okay, cool. Like this is like genuine. It's not like something like he's just like doing or saying or anything like that. And he's kind of like the voice of a generation. Yeah, he is. Right. But the question that I always that I had while I was going over this album, right, and then thinking about it, like, <clears throat> there's three major pop culture, like, figures, right, that are, like, prominent right now that kind of, like, give credit to Kid Cudi. So, Travis Scott, right, and he's been in the news like he crazy. He calls him his right? hero. Yeah. He, yeah, he calls him his hero, right? Then you have Pete Davidson, mm-hmm. who's kind of, like, in the news right now, like, for dating, like, you know, beautiful women and, you know, just... You know the 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 BD energy was named after this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the quarterback that's going to the Super Bowl right now, Joe Burrow. Yeah, right. The, like, and there's more people that have said it, like that say, K. Cuddy like is their biggest influence or the artist that they listen to the most or who influences them. And what I don't, what the thing that doesn't connect is, is like why isn't Cuddy's popular, but like he's not as big as like say like even like on on a level of like Future. Okay, like. There are so many people that I'll meet that'll say, like, listen to Kid Cudi saved my life. Listen to Kid Cudi did this for me. Kid Cudi, like, is God. But when it when you, you look at his album sales, and it just doesn't connect. So it's like, is it because, like, most of his fans are internet kids and they know how to get music for free? Like, why, why, is, his, why is he not breaking these records every other week? Like... You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like how are his fans getting to the music if it's, if, it, if it's not translating? I think that's a good question. I, I think for Cuddy, it kind of, it probably does go go along with what you said, like with where the internet kids, um, and then in streaming, that just didn't translate that well for him. But he's always put up numbers. I, he's put up respectable numbers. Respectable numbers, but I'm just saying like, all right, let's take, like, let's, let's compare it, him and Future. Okay. So, in my mind, when I look at Cuddy and Future, like they're kind of like uh, reverse mirror images, right? Mm-hmm. Because both of them, both of their music is based on emotions. It's just that their emotions are directed in in a different way, mm-hmm. like and then also like um, a lot of coping mechanisms are surrounded by drugs for them, mm-hmm. right? But they both like deal with like pain and things like pain and like you know life experiences. Yeah. So like that's just like the basis. Obviously, somebody be like, well, yeah, Future is toxic and like objectifies women and everything like that. But yeah, like Cuddy deals with like depression and he, um, you know, just deals with life and like wanting to be happy and wanting to like, you know, get past things, whatever like that. Like he's very honest with his feelings, but so is Future. So <clears throat> Future, on the other hand, is has all of these Billboard records. 
his albums do, you know, also do respectable numbers. Mm-hmm. But like somebody will argue, like I think a person will argue with me that Future is is more famous or popular than Cuddy, quote unquote. But I'm not, and it's not like I'm saying Cuddy's a bum. I'm just saying like I don't understand. It doesn't it doesn't make sense that he's not doing numbers like Travis Scott. Like his stardom, okay, I get that. It doesn't like it doesn't make it doesn't match up, and I can't figure out why. But I think there's a culty vibe to uh, to Cuddy that he plays into and that he appreciates. So he doesn't oversell himself in the sense of like where Travis Scott has all these endorsements. I right. think endorsements help. Endorsements with with Travis Scott, I mean, is endless. Like Fortnite, fucking McDonald's, and PlayStation, and his own sneakers. I think Cuddy just really just sticks to the art. He doesn't mm-hmm. like play into everything else and I think his fans appreciate that too cuz like he the most he does like he's really crossing over to movies now. Like I think he has like two movies. He was in Don't Look Up which was really big this year for yeah, Netflix. He was using Don't Look Up. Don't forget that he was in How to Make It in America. How to Make It in America and that, yeah, that was big for him, which is also like a culty show. Like mm-hmm. that that's like a show that like HBO canceled after two seasons that like if you know about it, you know about it and you loved it. And and then it kind of just moved on, but um, that's been big for his career. I think he, he's one of those that really exists in the plane of if you know, you know, and if you don't, like somebody will put you on. But it'll only get bigger for him, though. Right. I guess for me with Cuddy, it's just I can't I can't even pinpoint what artists to compare him to. Like I, sometimes I think about like somebody like David Bowie, mm-hmm. in a sense of where it's like. Um, he tries to reinvent himself on every project. Yeah. He kind of tells the story. He's he's obsessed with outer space. Mm-hmm. Um, he he makes songs where like he's experimenting like on like psychedelics and things like that. So I just try to like understand like why like where's the, like I it frustrates me because it's like in my opinion Kid Cudi should be like the biggest like he should be bigger than Drake as far as like people talking about his influence. Like there's even like artists who come out and pretty much like keep praise on Cuddy. So like when I'm listening to this project, like you can tell like, all right, he's above it. And like Cuddy even knows it himself. Like anytime like when he was go- like whenever like the times like he's like dismissed Wale or he's like going on his little rants and tangents about certain artists, it's like he's aware that like like he's he is him. Mm-hmm. Like so I just always wonder like like what the fuck? Like why did why is this not what am I missing here? Like, yeah. like, granted, like he doesn't have the endorsement deals like Travis Scott and everything like that, but still, like, you know, like why? Like, what? What is it? Like, what is it? Like, what's that thing? That one thing that he's missing, and I don't, I can't pinpoint it. Eli, do you have a a thought? Of why Cuddy's not bigger? Yeah. Why is he Pretty not much. the most famous artist in music? Even though he, even though his uh, his influence has stretched so far. I have to, I mean, I have to say the experimentation of his music doesn't resonate with a lot of people. His core fan base is willing to travel with him. If you're a, if you're a, like a bystanding fan, you're not really, you're not really here for the wave. I you get that. You appreciate it. Like, you'll, you'll appreciate the singles, because of course the singles are, are the ones that, that are going to hit. But like, if we're, if you're, if you're a Cuddy fan and you're here for like the deep cuts, the B-sides... Not, I can understand why why he doesn't have a bigger fan base. So and okay. with that, because that's a good answer. With that, 
it just made me think there is like an elitism to Cuddy fans because of that. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like they're you wouldn't above. get it. Yeah, exactly. You you wouldn't get it. Okay. It's like <laughs> it's like when when somebody one of, one of our friends uh, shout out to Mo Bigger. She asked us one time, like, "Yo, why do people feel this way about uh, Larry David? Like, if you if you don't get Larry David's humor or whatever, they feel like." I forget how she worded it, but I was like, that's like elitism that I don't really subscribe to. But I think with Cuddy fans, they have that. Yeah. Okay. So what Eli said is valid, right? But I'll give you the prime example. Many people say 808 Sound Heartbreak was was Cuddy, the blue, like Cuddy's blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. It worked for Kanye. Mm-hmm. So what I'm just saying is, is just that like, all right. I think I know what you're gonna say. I have no, I have rap. No, you don't. In in my hip hop brain, right? All right, put it like this. Dr. Dre drops the chronic. Snoop Dogg pretty much laid the groundwork for the chronic album, right? Mm. Right? The sound like basically like he crafted everything around it. Doggy Style comes out as the biggest selling album, rap album ever at that time. Right? So, okay, cool. Then we we see it happen again with Dr. Dre and Eminem, right? Chronic 2001 comes out. It does numbers. Then Eminem puts out, is it Slim, did Slim Shady come out? Not, yeah. So Slim Shady LP and then Marshall Matters LP. Two of the takes off, goes out there, right? So then after that, 50 Cent comes to Interscope. 50 Cent gets the songs that Dr. Dre made for Rakim. For Nas and for D12. They don't use those songs. 50 Cent takes them, makes it his own. It's the it's basically like, you know, him and Dre work together. Biggest rapper out. Okay, Cuddy comes on board with Kanye. They make 808s and Heartbreaks. Many people don't get it at first because he's not rapping. He's singing, right? So this is a concept that Kid Cuddy brought to Kanye, right? It's, it's out of here. And then... Cuddy, you know, Day and Night comes out, you know, the plane, and then the, a kid named Cuddy Mixtape with Plain Pack comes out and everything mm-hmm. like that, right? Man on the Moon, I know that there were album leaks, but like, where is the disc? You get what I'm saying? You get, you get the, 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 the where I just try to take y'all? Where is the disconnect with Cuddy being the biggest artist out? I mean, his most recent hit is the Scots with, with Travis Scott, and that went platinum. Yeah. That was like, that, that was during quarantine. But that was with Travis Scott. And that was with Travis Scott. But do, do, do you understand what, what I'm saying is it's just that, like, like him, typically... projects, why, why, they, why they aren't that big? Well, yeah, like, typically, like, what I'm just saying is, is like, if you, like, pretty much, like, Travis Scott, like, pr- might have given, like, Kanye West more life into his career. Or, like, so, some people could say that. They could say, like, yo, after graduation, Kanye's career was supposed to... T- to descend, to post a decline or whatever like that. We don't know because he did meet Kid Cudi, so we we've never found that out. Like his mom died, he he went on a, a, a whole different to trajectory, trajectory. Ah, this word is kicking my ass right now. Trajectory, trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm just curious about, right, is as many people say, without Cudi, Kanye probably want to keep going because we we might have gotten good ass job and, and and people might have gotten tired of backpacker the concepts. The concepts. So what I'm just saying is, it's just that like, I guess I'm just confusing. Like, obviously everything is not supposed to go uniform how it goes, but it's like, we know that like Cuddy, like you know what I'm saying, like did this with this project, and it's not like Kanye tried to hold Cuddy back. Like 
Kanye like holds Cudi like in a different regard than he holds other people. We see how he, how he talks about his like other artists that are signed to him. There's there's two artists that he very much respects. That's Pusha T and Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. He don't cross them niggas. When he did cross Cudi, like he made he made it his business to pull down that man on stage and apologize and cry with him on stage. Yeah. So there's a certain level of respect musically that Kanye has for Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. So I guess for me and and maybe some people be like just let it go. I'm just curious like why does it not connect? I, I want it to, I want Kid, and the thing is, is that I want Kid Cudi to be a bigger artist. So this is why I'm kind of like obsessing over it. I'm sorry, I like think, I've gone I on this tangent about but I don't, it. I don't think he does. I think he's where he wants to be. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the article I did some years back about Fab. And then it wasn't until, because I was saying like, yo, like this is, like Fab, Fab, like I wrote back then like, yo, he's lazy, he's this, he's that, or whatever, but... I think he is exactly where he wants to be. I don't think right. he's yeah, overextending Fab himself. Yeah, Fab doesn't want to do like a, a solo, yeah. a headlining tour. He doesn't yeah. want that much responsibility. I don't think Cuddy. I think Cuddy is exactly where he wants to be. On the other end of that, Wale wants more, and he can't understand why he can't get more. Okay. So it's very. They're two very different artists on opposite ends, and it just so happens that they don't really click like that. Yeah, man. So the way he went at, at Wale, man, he yeah. Wale ain't deserved that shit. So, so I think, <laughs> I think, um, I think there's something to be said about that. But we can get into this album, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, listeners. Like, it really bothers me that this album, like that, Kid Cudi is not at that level where Drake, Kendrick, and Cole are at, or even like as far as like. Or even like as 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 big as like a Big Sean, like I I really think that Cuddy should be like the biggest thing. I think he should be bigger than Travis Scott. I think that Kid Cuddy is immensely talented, and I actually think that he has a a, a finger on the pulse of a generation more there's so a, than any artist. But there also too though, there's a lot of emotion in, in Cuddy's music, and I think um I think. For the longest, I've always looked at Cuddy like, damn, like it must weigh a ton to to know that your music means so much to people and that it saved these people's lives and everything like that. And so, even when this album was was uh was announced, I was kind of relieved that he was trying to make more positive music because he mm-hmm. knew his music could be really dark and gloomy. But I think the fan base is what kind of kept him in a dark place because that's where his music originated. Right. So it kept him tapping into that dark place to bring more music like that. Mm. Um, so that's another reason why this album is like one of my favorites from him because it kind of just did a slight detour, but it stayed true to his fan base. He found a way to do that with this album. Well, I'm going to say this much. Um, outside of um, Man on the Moon, and what's the album where he has the two hundred three thousand songs? Um... And on the cover, like he's like running around, like. Oh, that's um something bullet. Speed and bullet. Oh, something? okay. Speed, yeah, speed and bullet. Speed and bullet to heaven. So besides speed and bullet to heaven and and man on the moon, the first man on the was moon, it, huh? Was it? What about it? The speed and bullet. The, was it? No, I'm not naming all of them. I'm just I'm just telling you the the two albums that I, that I, I there's three Cuddy albums that like I hold in like really high regard. So it's those two albums I just named and this album. Like this album, like you, I, I can, I've been like, I've been listening to this album so much. I, I, I kind of like Jay Z and kept my notes in my head because I've been like living with this album for like the past two weeks, and it's really, really like a really good album. And 
I've seen Kid Cudi um, perform twice um, at Coachella, and when I tell you, like, I saw, like, people, like, crying and shit like that, like, people, like, jumping up and down, like, rapping the lyrics to his songs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, it was, like, like kind of, like, uh, like off-putting. <laughs> like, I was, like, looking around and shit. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. And it's just, like, you could tell, like, his connection with his fans is, like, he came, like, he, like, he, he, he just, he came through at a very, at a very important time. Nah, like, he is, like, to me, not like, a, not like, important, but a Yo, like literally, like he is like the the person that like saved all the Euphoria kids' lives. <laughs> it, yes, that's literally how yeah. it should be working. Yeah, <laughs> like he like it's just like like he just is what he does is just like amazing to me. Like what he does for um for fans and stuff. So I, I guess for me, like that's like what's the the most interesting part. Um, and like I said, like just seeing him perform and just do things, I'm just always like, oh. Yeah, yeah, it took it took a lot for him to get where he is. Um, but it kicks off with the resurrection of Scott Miscuddy, which which is just a dark tone of an instrumental to lead us into the next song, actual song, which mm-hmm. is Unfuckwittable. Um, it's produced by Cuddy himself. Yo, which this, is which is to say the same for the bulk of this album. Cuddy, yo, Cuddy Handle this song is all ego, mm-hmm. and uh, and like I just fuck with it. Like it just it just nah. So. When you're listening to the song and like you're like walking around and shit like that, or like mm-hmm. you're doing something, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you like walk around like an asshole because you're like standing there and you're just like, "Yo, I am really like on my like <laughs> no." <laughs> it just makes this song just makes me poke my chest out and feel really good. Everybody and everybody needs that. Yeah, like it's a very it's a very very good uh, project in a sense that like I really really like enjoy. I really um enjoy. Uh, hold on one second, Jules. You, you, need, you need the car before. Yeah. So use that car right there. Behind. It's a car in that camera behind you. Oh. No, that's all good. Okay, I can add that up. <clears throat> Unfuckwittable is basically just like a shot of adrenaline straight into your veins. It starts off fire. Imagine seeing this shit live. It's scary. <laughs> it's very scary, and. Like I remember when I was watching them, um, I was recording it with my phone. So like when I got back to my Airbnb, I was um, I was like try, I was like all right, I need to perceive the name of this because I didn't know all of his songs. Like because when I would listen to K. Cuddy albums, I would listen to it, be like oh that was cool. But seeing it live actually kind of made me more want to like listen, like, like dive into engaged. yeah more engaged and want to dive into his music. Because sometimes when you can see the reaction on others, it yeah. makes you kind of like fuck with a song a little bit more. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We'll get into Just What I Am. Just What I Am is also produced by Cuddy. Uh, has King Chip, who is like a free, who is a frequent collaborator of his. Yeah. Um, this song, I remember when it came out, or video, rather, he said the video was made and designed for you to watch on shrooms. Mm. So, I read it and was like, damn, should I take some shrooms? I've never taken shrooms. But I did. I, I thought about it after after seeing him say that. Yo, man. Um, but this it, this song is a trip though, like mm. itself. So I'm really I, curious I about imagine. Um, I I think most people know if if you know me, like I don't I I don't I I can we can like count how many times like, I've smoking weed. Like it's under twenty. Um, I've microdose. 
Right. right. Yeah. I'm, and I've never, I've never even come near to like doing shrooms. So for me, like my, my fear is, is just like, if you do something like shrooms or whatever like that, like what if like every, like what if you're like never the same again? Nah, I think, um, well, I can't speak too much to the experience. Mm-hmm. My experience with microdosing was just super, it's also about like where you are, like um, your surroundings and everything like that when you do it. So for me, I was in, I was on a hike. Okay. So I just was around trees and fucking just nature. So it was just nice. I just was smiling the whole time. Yeah, and for me, like I guess my, my worry is, is that I I think I tend to repress a lot of things mm-hmm. because like I feel like I don't have time to like have meltdowns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm afraid like if I take mushrooms, like that's all bets are off. You just gonna be like, yo, somebody come get Tori. This nigga is ass naked running through Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna streak> <laughs> like this, like you know, like my I'll be honest with you, like it's. It's not the like for me. It's not the fear of doing the drug. It's the fear of what like of what, what will release out of me yeah, yeah, once yeah. I do the drug, and will I be the same after I do that drug? And I don't know. I if think I you'll can be the same. I think you'll be the same. I think I don't know. I think it's probably a a good release. Like some people probably need that trip as like a good reset. That's what I'm saying. Like I get it. But I'm telling you, I am fearful of what's coming out of me. Yeah. Like, I have released myself of these demons. My nigga, I repress a lot, is what I'm basically saying. I'm being very honest with you. I feel you. Um, Some people might even say I'm uptight and rigid. I don't think so, but some people do. So, me saying that and me being Mm self-aware, what shrooms might do to me, I might wild out and like just like... I've seen... I've seen... What weed has done to you? So I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> shrooms is your is your wave. And I don't really. I don't smoke no more at all, really. But I think, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Tori and shrooms would be. <laughs> I would like. I would like to see it, but I don't know. I, it sounds scary. Right. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> it's not. It's no bullshit, man. It's like it's a very um. It's very very interesting like way to like look at this shit. To be honest with you, like. <laughs> The truth. I'm just. I'm. I'm telling you. Like I think about it a lot. Like damn. Like I could do it. No, the fuck I can't. <laughs> um, but that takes us. Yeah, that I'm not gonna a, mention that amazing ass bar from, from from Chip. Which one? Take us. Take us to you it. You could take us to it because obviously we weren't gonna talk about it. Neighbors knocking on the door. Wait, damn. Oh like, come yeah, on, my nigga. Is that amazing, huh? Yeah, man. Neighbors knocking on the door, asking, "Can we turn it down?" She said, "Ain't no music on." I said, "No, that weed is loud." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was it's good. A great bar, bro. That was good. Um, I can't believe you stopped the podcast for that. Yeah, All right. but you know, you got it. Uh, Young Lady is the next song. Young Lady features Father John Misty. It's produced by Cuddy. When I heard this song, or when I revisit this, I was like, "Damn, this kind of reminds me of Tame Impala." Like they would have oh, been great on this, son. Right. Take. Uh, I love the fact that like Cuddy and ASAP Rocky love Tame Impala. Yeah. I so, can hear Tame Impala. Yeah, nah. I actually uh, like they both of them actually came on the stage with Tame Impala at Coachella. I'm sorry oh. that I keep referencing, but it just so happens that like Kid Cudi and Tame Impala are like staples at festivals. Is Cudi on the bill this year? For, for, um... Nah, he's not. He's not on the bill this year. 
But he probably will come out because Mr. Mr. He'll probably West. come out and just dance. Yeah. He'll just nah, but that's nah, his he, that's, shit. that's his shit. Yeah, that's his shit. He love what? Oh my god! He'll come out. I'm sure. I feel like Cuddy. I feel like Cuddy is gonna be there. He's gonna come out and he's gonna dance. Yeah, and it's gonna be. Remember that year when he was at Coachella and he and he came out with the with the the crop top and had everybody going crazy. Yeah, yeah. That shit went. That shit did numbers on FKB, yeah, bro. It did. It did. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Look at the type the type of media that people was obsessed with. <laughs> Kid Cudi in a crop top. Crop top, bro. <laughs> just minding his business, having a good time. And niggas is like, Yo. He had his new teeth. He was wild. Yeah, he, <laughs> he had his new veneers. Some entourage teeth. <laughs> um, King Wizard is the next song, which is produced by Cudi. Another great one. Uh, King Wizard. This is like from here is when it became clear to me how much fan service this album was, and how much he wanted to include from his past to not d- completely, you know, negate or go away from that from that fan service. Right. Um, to bring something new and still bring you what you're used to, because this could have easily been on any of his other albums. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it's the fan service. I think it's the fan service thing, but I also think that uh damn, who the hell is this? Wow, like Bro, we're recording. Sorry. Damn, I, that was mean. I don't know how I did that, Danny. <sighs> but it's just like he knows we're recording, so I don't understand why he would call me. That was Danny? Yeah. Like he knows we're recording. <laughs> Sorry. But um, damn, where was I? Like, we know that it was a fan service thing, but I also think that uh Cuddy just felt like, you know what, let me give everybody a little something. Mm-hmm. And still like go on this journey of what new direction that we're going in. And I think that that was really cool that that he did that. And it, and it's even though like you know it could have went somewhere else, it still worked seamlessly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it didn't feel out of place. Exactly. Um and I think and I think he he has a lot of those moments on this album. Mm-hmm. Perfect example is the next song, which is Immortal. Immortal is was one of the first singles from this album, like I said earlier. And also one of the songs that I heard on the re-listen, and I was like, yo, imagine passing up Kid Cudi. Son, a lot of people did, bro. That's why I'm like, it, passing up Kid Cudi and hearing a song like Immortal has to fucking suck. <laughs> it has to suck. Like, it's such a great song. And it's like everything about Cudi that I love. Um, this was also produced by Cudi, right? I want to say. Let me see. Just a fact check here. Yeah, it's produced by Cuddy. Nah, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, like uh, I believe that he produced a majority of this project. He did, yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is like the Cuddy that I like that leans into his his ego a little bit, and and kind of like raps a little bit. I like that Cuddy. I always wonder, like, does like Cuddy Cuddy walks into a room. Mm-hmm. With like prominent artists, but he doesn't feel like a little like little man. Yeah, because he know I think his his fans keep him grounded in that. Like they they let him know how much of the shit he is. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though like uh he be excited to be in a room with like Hove and, and Beyonce and shit, like he knows like, yo, like if you put me on track, I'm gonna body this shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna give you a hit. A hit Absolutely. Up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he talked and he about. He has that. done that for cut. I mean, for whole. Yeah, like he talked about that uh, when they worked on Already Home. Like he knew like that was out of here, and I arguably to say like outside of like Run This Town and Def Auto Tune, like 
that Already Home is one of my favorite songs off of Blueprint 3. Yeah. It, it, like that monstrosity of an album that yeah. I hate. Um, Run This Town did not age well at all. Nope. But I will, Already Home did. Yeah, it did. It aged way better. <sighs> yeah. And especially like I remember, I remember when they performed that together. That was dope. Oh yeah, Cuddy looks so excited. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on this album, we have Solo Dolo Part Two. Oh yo, <laughs> I love mm-hmm. this shit. And Kendrick is such like a pleasant surprise Featuring when he comes on. Yeah. And Cuddy has a thing for hopping on songs with rapper rappers because mm-hmm. I think he knows that people people don't associate him with that. Mm-hmm. So every now and then he'll hop on a song with a rapper and he'll rap and he'll hold his own. It's like the song that he had. Uh, he had a song with Eminem, I think last year, which was a really good song. It was one of like the better verses of Eminem in recent years, um, and he held his own on that and it was fantastic. I think this song, this song though, hearing Kendrick because Kendrick don't even rap like this at all anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always funny to me when Kendrick like leaves some of his old rapper rapper voices behind. Yeah. He has so many over the years. He yeah. don't sound like this at all anymore. But I love I love this part of Cuddy, like I said. He just reminds niggas that he can rap. I just and then it's also dope like how he continues, like how he did the first Mr. Solo Dolo and how he kicks his soul mm-hmm. with the opening verse and then just leads into something different and like making it his own. Like um I just want I just want him to be celebrated more, bro. I just I want him to be celebrated more. I want him to be acknowledged more. And I want him to sell. I want him like fans to buy more of his records. Like if anyone deserves fans to be doing, I don't know why yo, but I just think Cuddy should be selling as many records as fucking Justin Bieber, bro. Like it just don't fucking make sense. Like, I, like this is gonna be my narrative, and I need to know why. I need to know why this nigga ain't the biggest thing since slop, sl- sliced bread. <laughs> I need to know. I need the answers. I don't know, man. I mean, because I can't even say it's his because his music is so emotional driven because Adele is the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, like it, it just and and he's really, really the voice. Like I get it. Like Kanye West is like the biggest like st- like like Kanye West has become like a pop star, right? But like to me, I look at Kid Cudi like my nigga Prince. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like he with, is boundless. Like, like he's yeah. he's super like. You don't know what cut you gonna get if you invite him out. You don't right. know you don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna show up in, in like a, a in a dress like my, my dude Kurt Cobain. Ah, and that's the other thing that I that I that I wanted to talk about, right? So this like K Cuddy, let's say if Nirvana got back together and they needed a front man, I really think K Cuddy could be the front man. Oh because if but you listen, why though? Because K Cuddy's music is very much Seattle grunge influenced. Mm-hmm. And especially because if you list, if you really think about it, you could tell that Kid Cudi absolutely listened to a lot of Nirvana and Pearl Jam and those bands that came out during that era. Mm-hmm. But because like they kind of like were like the new face of teenage angst in the '90s, right? That genre. And what he did was, as a hip hop fan, he was able to channel that into what he did with his music and make his own music. Because in a sense, like this album is kind of like a hip hop grunge album. Yeah. No, yeah, he, it absolutely. Is. Like, if Dave Grohl ever like just wanted to get the band back together, mm-hmm. Kid Cudi better be the front man. I can see that. I can see that. I never thought about that. Yes. I never thought about that. Like, absolutely. Like his his music is very very grunge influenced. I'm bodying today's episode, y'all. Let's stay see. stick with me. What is in that cup, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, was there any other songs or feet or highlights on here that you wanted to get through? New York, New York City Rage Fest. Okay. So New York City Rage. All right. So I was really, really excited about New York City Rage Fest because, like, when you when you hear it, it's something that you, if you think about it, if you've been to like a a, a party that's in like a empty warehouse. Mm-hmm. Or a basement, and like you shouldn't be there, and you hear this song, it kind of like sounds like the soundtrack for that. And I'm not talking about, um, like I'm talking about like those parties where it's like there's no genre to the party, like motherfuckers is just playing whatever the fuck hits. And this song just gets me hyped. Like when I when I like when I do decide not to be a fat slob and like work out or like run, New York City Rage Fest is my like is my my pump it up song. Like so whenever I'm going on like. My runs and like I gotta like really like hit stride like that's the song that like I placed in my music playlist to like really just like pump me up and get me through it. I love that song and it's not because I'm a New Yorker like it's just like that's the point of the song. It's supposed to do that. Yeah, there's a reason why Joe Burrow said that like when he was list- they were like, "What's your favorite Kid Cudi?" So the first song he said, "New York City Rage Fest," before a football game. There's a reason for that. There's, yeah. there's a reason like what what that song does. Like, right, Eli? Am I right? Am I right? Am I fucking right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah I like it. It's good. Yeah. It's a good fucking song. It's a good fucking song. Um, um, yeah, that 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 New York City Rage Fest is just... I think for me, uh, yours is that Lord of the Sad and Lonely is amazing. It's not from, not from my perspective of things, but just to tie in how much Cuddy means to, to people and to his fan base. It's such a great song because, like this, this is like, I mean, this is his throne to say it, to to say it, you know, mm-hmm. say it shortly. Um, I think it's another fan service song that, uh, you know, he kind of feels like he has to do, but he owns it. It's kind of knowing the power of your voice and using it mm-hmm. the way the way that he did. Um, and he was making songs, and when you read interviews from from Cuddy, he always talks about he makes songs for himself. And they just so happen to reach who they reach. But then at this point in his career, this being his third album, he's pretty well aware of his fan base and the kind of people that gravitate to his sound. Mm-hmm. So for him to make a song like this, especially toward the end of the album, I thought was really, really dope. I agree. Um, he, Cuddy gets it on a level that um, a lot of artists don't get. Like some artists, like they know that they have a fan base and they know, um, and, they, and they know like, they kind of have an idea what their their fans want, but like they need help. I think Cuddy could go into the studio with just an engineer and make an album perfectly, and like not get any out like outside input. Like when Kanye records, he always has like a busy studio mm-hmm. because he always needs input from other people and like help. Cuddy and he thrives off the energy, and he thrives off the energy. I think Cuddy can go into a studio with just a fucking candle and an engineer and drugs. Yeah. And dr- yeah, he probably needs. Yeah. Dr- well, no, and he's clean cigarette. now, right? Okay, he's he, okay. He's clean now. Okay. So I think Cuddy will probably maybe some weed, mm-hmm. and you know whatever like his his drink of his drink of choices and his and his engineer. That's it. Yeah. And come out with a fucking blazing classic. I think nowadays, um, nowadays it's hard for for artists, especially of his caliber. Like, I mean, I'll bring up Eminem again, where like Eminem is sober now, but people don't really fuck with what he's putting out now. Um, I think for Cuddy, it was probably scary to change that much because the the bulk of his really good shit happens to be from the worst times in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's scary for some artists when 
they decide to clean up and to better themselves because their output might change. And I think Eminem probably faces that too. Like even with the Super Bowl commercial, we was talking to LA about that a few weeks ago where Eminem was kind of competing with itself, right? Mm-hmm. With Slim Shady and, um, and Eminem himself, his mm-hmm. 40-something-year-old self, um, trying to just stay as sharp as this person but having to use more words to keep up with this person than it was when it was so simple. I think Cuddy kind of went through that in his career, and I think he's found a brighter side of it because his fans have just rolled along with him. Right. I think I think that's the difference. I think that with Cuddy, his fans love him so much, like they'll they'll go with like the the dip offs and still find like the beauty in it. And and they probably won't even say that the dip offs are dip offs. Yeah. The casual fan might say that, but they're experiments. It is is like a. It's in a sense like he like his fans like they have like their own meetings and shit like that that nobody knows about and they talk about it and and they're and they're like don't worry we it's good it's mm-hmm. good like just mm-hmm. put it out <laughs> like give us more. I remember speeding bullet to heaven coming out and being trashed on the timeline and I love that years album. later that's crazy yeah that's years crazy later too. people people fuck with it I see people more people liking that liking it now than they did back then you know, speeding bullet to heaven that was is amazing. Me Oh, you like it now? I mean, I I liked it when I went when I when I went back to it in quarantine because my my shit just went on shuffle. So I heard a couple of the songs and then I started to do it like a deep dive. But then I went back to it later on and I'm like, this is not it. <laughs> it's it's a very dark. He talks about suicide on that album. Yeah, like in detail. That was around the time where he in came detail. out. That was around the time when he went to rehab when that yeah, album came like out. Actually, spewing out lyrics about like. Him cutting himself, him uh, overdosing on pills. What type of pills? How many pills? Like, he was being very descriptive in that album. I think it basically was rapping Rue's journal (laughs) from Euphoria. And it was almost a two-hour album of just like suicidal shit. Yeah, and he had like Beavis and Butthead on the album. It was a mess. You want to know what's funny? I love Speed and Bullets album. You got. You want to talk about something, bro? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I am. I am a bit obsessed with like people that that are nothing like me. Okay, mm. I guess that makes sense. I have an obsession like with 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 people that like where um, people who make music about things or like um, even act in film that or or characters that like I can't identify with because it's unidentifiable to me. So it's like, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't relate to this. And then obviously there's certain things where I can't relate to and I can't get with it. Yeah. But somebody like Kid Cudi is fascinating to me. There's an allure. Yeah, because you gotta think about it. Like I said, like Kid Cudi is this motherfucker from Ohio who pretty much got adopted by New York City. Mm-hmm. Like some people like some people say when they think of Kid Cudi, they think of like downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like a motherfucker yeah. just like walking around in skinny jeans with their Chuck Taylors on and, and like a plaid shirt, basically dressed like Reg. Um, <laughs> not, I'm not even being funny. I'm, that wasn't even a shot. I'm dead ass. <laughs> like, that, dressed like Reg, like he got the plaid shirt on today and all that. Um, and then like, you know, just walking around Soho, like probably in the LES, might go like to like some like dive bar, hole in the wall club or some shit like that. Maybe meet a shorty or whatever. Wind up like going home on a train and shit like that, like going to like their like apartment in like Williamsburg or something and like that. Has been the epitome of a great New York night. Yeah, yeah that is. Yeah. That's right. like when somebody says, "Yo, I had a great New York day." Yeah, you can assume one or three of the things Tori has said happened. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like you go to like some bar, like you meet a chick, you chill, whatever like that. Maybe afterwards, I might get a bite, take the train home, mm-hmm. possibly fuck. Yeah, you know, like 
wake up the next day and maybe go to your retail job in the city. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like, and that, and, and, and this, and he's a transplant, but like, he's very much a New Yorker. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I've highlighted everything I wanted to highlight on this album. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, more so on this album, like, I think, all right, so this is one of the few times where it's like, I've gone light on judgment of an album because, Kid Cudi is such, it did such a good job at like creating a vibe. Yeah, on this project that it made it, it kind of made me defenseless to critique because I understand that like you can there, there, there isn't a there isn't a name for a genre of his music, mm-hmm. right? So when I hear it, like I'm not I, like I I gauge like rap like rap rap projects. If you know our listeners know, like really really hard. But I'll say that on this album, I'm just like, yo, what he created was just more so like of a mood. Like, just listening to this album, just walking around, cleaning the house, just doing things makes it a, makes things just very like uh, easy to listen to. And you and I get through the whole album. Yeah, like I don't skip songs. Like I don't go over it. Like it just I get through the entire project. There's songs that with my choice I wouldn't play. Like bees, I don't really care for. Bees, I can I, I can see that. Yeah, bees, I don't care for. Uh, burn baby burn. I'm like, eh. Um, so there, there's a few. There, there's like three on here that I don't really care for. But I agree. Oh, afterwards, afterwards, I don't really like either. What? Yeah. Mm. You wild. Yeah, nah. You got Michael Bolton on that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard, bro. Yeah. I don't really. Can eh. we go? Bro, you wild. Yeah. That man was in his bag. On but his it's. Shit. But that also just speaks to his diversity and how you said earlier. About his music is super experimental and can either bring you in or turn you away. Yeah. So that speaks to Cuddy as an artist. But I'm comfortable giving this album a four and a half. Yeah, me too. Four um, and a half waffles. I, I, I give it a four and a half waffles. I agree. Like I said, because it's kind of hard for me to say what I don't like because there's nothing that I don't like about the album. But I can understand like that. There's you know there's weaker songs that like and obviously this album easily could have just been twelve tracks, mm-hmm. right? It could have been twelve tracks, easy. But it's just that, like, as far as like Cuddy, like he kind of like he kind of don't like go by the rules. He kind of like don't abide by that. He kind of like does the opposite. He's he's a moody person, and like you know, it's kind of like time capsules of like where he's at in that time when he's making these projects. So I don't really judge Cuddy too hard. I know everyone is called probably calling me like a hypocrite right now, but I don't care. Like it's Kid Cuddy. He's mad cool, and like you know. Um, it's also the kind of energy that he welcomes. You can't really like just be harsh on. Cuddy. Yeah, like you can't like nah, for <laughs> real. Like you can't like like I feel like like Cuddy's a kind of like friend to like when he, like yeah. like randomly and is like yo bro like when he's having a good this. time yeah, it makes like, me happy. Like even seeing him in that new Aria video mm-hmm. that just made me happy. It was like yo look at this guy. I don't know what he's doing. He just looks like he's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can wrap it up with that. Uh, four and a half waffles out of five. Did you? Was that yeah, four yours? and a half. Yeah, yeah. Four and a half. Solid. In the cut. Uh, third album from Kid Cudi. Check it out if you haven't. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Tori and V. And we are out of here. Catch you guys next time. Peace.